Alex Ramirez back at the final word. 98.1 FM. And really super excited, man. Training camp right around the corner. But right now, it's baseball uh, taking center stage for the uh, small time that it will, Alex, before the Rockies get back to play. And a, the All-Star Game is in town. I was out at the Fan Fest on Friday. We'll get to the remarkable Wayne Hagen in a minute. But real quick, want to tell you about Carmine Leonardo's Italian Meat Deli. Right off uh, 7585 West Florida Place, Lakewood, Colorado, 80232. Give them a call Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., 303-985-3555. And, Alex, they have 43 years at the same location. 43 years at the same location, Joe. That's incredible. Give them a call, 303-985-3555. When you mention the final word, Joe, you get 10% off your entire meal, or you have the option to get a dessert like a limoncello pie or a lemon meringue pie, Joe. That's Carmine Leonardo's, located at 7585 West Florida Place, Lakewood, Colorado, 80232. Good morning to you, Wayne Hagen. How are you? Well, good morning. How are you guys? Yeah, we couldn't be better. Blessed to be here today. Well, I'll tell you what, Wayne. <laughs> thanks so much. And uh, you and I sat and talked for a little while, and enjoyed every every bit of it during the week. And you know what's funny is, with the All Star Weekend coming, Denver gets some notoriety, you know, on the baseball uh, stage, and and it hasn't had any in quite a while. The Rockies uh, playoff participants in seventeen and eighteen, but kind of back to the norm over the last couple of years. And now we get the announcement uh, from Patrick Saunders. He tweets out Thursday that Bill Schmidt will stand a tremendous chance of being named the new general manager of the Colorado Rockies. And I just shook my head when I saw that. And the first person I thought of was you. And I just want your uh, take on that because it just seems like the uh, deck chairs on the Titanic are just being rearranged once again, and the ship's headed right towards the iceberg again. And good morning to you, and I I don't know if they're ever going to find a way to get some outside help from this organization uh, because the Montforts won't do it. They always hire from within, and good morning to you. Well, good morning. Yes, I I did see that, and... uh Obviously, that is a leak. They're obviously going to do it. And uh, we'll see what happens because as a scouting director, he, he had some good days and he had some uh, not-so-good days. <laughs> and <laughs> and that was the whole basis of, of what this organization is all about. They, they have to be able to draft. Every team needs to be able to draft. Not every team has the money of the Yankees and others to make all kinds of different trades when necessary. But... The fact of the matter is uh, they do obviously want to keep it within the family. When Greg Fiesel moves from marketing to baseball operations, a guy who has a football background but has absolutely no baseball background except for the fact that he was in marketing, and that's a different animal altogether. So this is, this is uh, an interesting time for me to observe. I hope that some good moves are made, but quite frankly – uh, the moves to put these people in place is uh, very questionable as far as I'm concerned in looking at the last year. I, I, I've never seen a marketing guy in the history of baseball, seriously, somebody point that out to me, where a marketing guy since 1996 crosses the threshold and goes over into the baseball operations in charge of salaries, in charge of baseball, not marketing. And, and, and for somebody to move over like that, uh, that, that's a huge question mark for me. 
Good morning to you, Wayne. How are you? Last time I saw you was at uh, Lucas Liquor Super uh, Superstore, and it's just always a pleasure running into you. Not only that, but what a pleasure to have you on our program today on All-Star Weekend. So, first of all, thank you for making some time. Uh, last night, Herman Marquez pitched seven dominant innings, limiting the Padres to only three hits. Uh, Colorado beating San Diego 3 nothing. In my opinion, I think he might be the best Rocky pitcher of all time. Where would you uh, stack him up against all the other Colorado Rocky pitchers? And does he have a shot to start on Tuesday in the All-Star game? Oh, I don't think he'd start. No, I, okay. I, I don't think he'd start. But That's pretty uh, far the right. fact of the matter is, he needs a few more years before I okay. start. Okay. Uh, well, got him. You think Obaldo's better than him? But you know what? Your question is very valid okay. because, quite frankly, I really like this kid. Okay. I really like him. He doesn't bother me at all pitching to Coors Field. Uh, I like him in in that uh, pitching situation last night where. You know, Petco is a, a baseball pitcher's ballpark. It's not a baseball hitter's ballpark. And that's why Tatis is, is just, uh, he's an amazing player. Bud Black said it this past week, the shortstop, in case people don't know, Fernando Tatis Jr., his father played in the major leagues. Right. I saw plenty of him. But this kid, as Buddy Black said, and I will certainly uh, you know, be in concert with his thoughts, this guy could be one of the great shortstops of all time, barring any kind of injuries. And I stated this reason. Immediately you think of Alex Rodriguez as a shortstop. This guy has more home runs than, than Alex ever had at the All-Star break. And he's the first shortstop to ever be a 2020 guy before the All-Star break. And yet, on the pregame show last night, Jeff Houston, a guy I like and respect, said he'd rather take Trevor's story. He thinks he's a better player than Fernando Tatis. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Let's, let's not get to the point of homerism, you know, creeping over in the pregame shows when you're talking about Tatis, who is on the verge of one of the greatest shortstop years ever. Well, I'll say this. I enjoy. I think the Rockies, and I, I bash them on several occasions when they when they warrant it. But I think the pitching has been once again a, a fairly big bright spot. I thought this team was picked for maybe 110 losses in some circles, and the pitching. Kyle Freeland unfortunately had a blister, but the last few starts he's looked a lot better. And Marquez, I mean, he may not be a top five starter in, in baseball, but I think he's maybe a top 15 guy. And I don't know that he deserves to start, but he definitely deserves to see some action in the game. And, and I think he's, I, I don't know that he's the best hitter, Wayne, but or I mean, pitcher in Rockies history, but I think he's already in the top 10. And and I don't think he has far to go to, to maybe be in the top five. Well, who is Wayne Hagen's top yeah, give me, give me, give me your top, top three. Top give three. me your top three Rockies guys. Pitchers. Well, that that that's interesting because I I look back and uh, I I have to put Pedro Stasi on there because I yep. I loved wow. him so I because he fought. You know, yep. he fought hard. I I I love that aspect of him. Uh, boy, it's hard to find the top three. As a matter of fact, that's interesting that you asked me that question because. You've actually got me in a quandary. I'm, what, what do you I'm think about Ubaldo? Would Ubaldo be amongst oh, that? Oh, absolutely. You know, at the time, in, in those years in Colorado, and he threw the no-hitter against the Braves, but that was in Atlanta. Um, I point that out because yes. Marquez almost threw a no-hitter here. Yeah. I, I still think that 
The only no-hitter I called was Hideo Nomos in uh, September of 1996. And wow. boy, that, that has stood the test of time. It's kind Man. of amazing. It's never happened again. I was in high school, Joe. Kids to be yeah. able to throw that. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. But I can't come up with the top three because, quite frankly, none of them outside of Ubaldo um, really had that long career. And I, I consider maybe five, six years a long baseball career and uh I, I just man it's hard to come up with guys i thought kevin ritz was very good at the at the yeah. outset he was the first 17 game winner yeah. so i'm going back in time when in reality i should be going forward in time and, and maybe come up with a better better threesome i'll, I'll do a little research and figure out who well we'll, we'll get back to that one hey i'll tell you what it's sure a lot easier to to, to find the three top hitters in rocky's history than the three five top pitchers i mean you have a heck of a lot better debate because let's face it this is not a pitcher's part real quick let's talk a little bit about the all-star game and what it means to you. I mean, is it changed? I mean, they used to have the uh, meaningful, what, the, 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 the home field advantage went to the winner. Now, I, I believe no they stopped that, right? No so, I mean, can you tell me, are these games antiquated? I mean, do they need to change things? Or are you more, because I'm more excited for the home run derby. And then what about Shohei Atani? Because we never, I've never seen anything like him. Can you tell me a little bit about what you think of Otani? Because he's amazing. I'm glad you brought him up because he is going to be the center figure. He's in a pitch and bat yep. in the All-Star game. You know, he's he's a modern-day Babe Ruth in many ways simply because both pitched, both pitched effectively. You know, things people don't realize that Babe Ruth, everybody thinks he did all his pitching with the Boston Red Sox, then was sold to the Yankees, hit his 60 home runs in 1927. Did you know his record was 5-0 and as a pitcher with the Yankees? He actually pitched after he hit the 60 home runs, started games. Uh, it, it was amazing. So Tani, to me, now being healthy after he had the uh, surgery for his arm, throws 100 miles an hour as a pitcher, hits a home run into the upper or second deck at Seattle. I mean, people don't do that. They don't even do that in batting practice if you've ever been to uh, Safeco Field in, in Seattle. They just don't do that. So what we're going to see is perhaps – the most watched All-Star game in many years simply because of him. And and the Japanese media will be all over this. This is a special time for a country that very much loves Major League Baseball and loves to see their Hideo Nomos and, and, and people like that come over here, each other, and, and, and people be successful. This guy could be the most successful ever to come from Japan. When you see the Rockies this season, obviously just horrible on the road, but a good record at home, there's some optimism for our listeners out there listening to this right now that let's not just because they didn't you know, keep Noronado here with the, with the Rockies. There is, there is optimism that this team can do something in the future, right, Wayne? Well, they can, but they've, they've got to get more offense. You know, that's the thing that, that stymies them on the road. You know, they get a pitching performance like that last night and get the combined shutout, sure. and they're able to win. But, you know, look, look at the numbers on the road. It's just atrocious, not just their record, not just the record. The way they're and, losing, right? Well, my gosh, they're not even to 10 victories yet. And, folks, right. we're like getting into the second week of July. they got eight victories. <laughs> I mean, we wow. got August and September to play, and, wow. and, and you don't have 10 victories? 
you play mm. 81 road games. Think about that, how bad it is. And how good they're and, at home, right? It just doesn't make, it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, it's been amazing how well they played at home and how bad some of the teams have played coming here. You know, teams that are very offensive-minded did nothing here in a three- or four-game series. So I don't know what it is about Coors Field this year, but the, the Rockies certainly have found a, a little magic formula, and I, I used to call it, uh, you know, you know, little low dough magic, and there certainly has been for the hometown team. Well, I will say this: there won't ever be a season like this again in Major League Baseball history. But my life baseball is kind of an enigma since 1993. I mean, this has been the weirdest time. I mean, you know, for any franchise ever. I mean, how many how many years when you announced for the club? Did they have a tremendous year at Coors Field? And then, you know, and a lot of the, the bias, I think, that comes from Ellis Burks and Dante Bichette and, and even Larry Walker had to fight so hard to get his MVP. I think it's the Coors Field bias. But I don't think that the Rockies are the only team that benefits from playing at home, especially in the last 15 years. They built, what, the Great American Ballpark, that Citizens Bank thing in Philly. I mean, how many... Different. The game's changed, right? I mean, is Coors Field isn't the only place where you see these high-scoring games. It's an old stadium now, Joey. Right. It's kind of old school. But, I mean, where do you think the game ranks? And, and how do you get the Rockies to field a winning team? Because there's such a disparity for playing at altitude and then playing at, at a place like Petco. How do you have? How do you get the guys that can can withstand all this mentally, both pitching and hitting? Because there's a big change every time you go on the road. Well, they've they've had nearly thirty years of this experiment, and they yeah. haven't found uh, they haven't found it yet. I, I thought it was very interesting. You brought up two ballparks, uh, Cincinnati and Philadelphia, very offensive minded ballparks. In fact, I think Cincinnati is the easiest ballpark to hit a home run in. Wow! So the only factor is, yeah, it's great for the. Why home is that, team, Wayne? Just they, for curiosity, why is that? Well, stated? the ball carries like crazy okay. in Cincinnati. Uh, the dimensions—it's just—it's just the way it's built, and, and the wind current—it uh, it, just—it just flies out of there. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, very similar. You know, it's—it's—I think Houston is a bandbox, especially mm-hmm. down the left field line, and uh, you know, right field's a little more difficult, and certainly center field, but left field is a bandbox for the right-handed batters. So, I think that what we have to take into consideration for Coors Field is the altitude. Take Coors Field out of it. See, that's all the, the East Coast riders think about. Coors Field, Coors Field, Coors Field. They think the ball jumps out of Coors Field. The reality is it's a huge ballpark. 350 down the right field line, 347 down huge the left outfield. field line. Huge outfield. You know, the average is probably at 330 down the line. That's yeah. all it is. 340, but 330, somewhere around there. And that's average. But 347, it makes that outfield too big. It's too much I can make a great pitch and get a guy to pop up and it will drop in in the right center. And I can't tell you the mental anguish that a pitcher goes through after he just made a, a crucial pitch. And it's with two men aboard. And those two runners score because there were two outs and they were running on the play. And the outfielder makes the dive, can't make the catch. The other guy comes up behind him, tries to pick it up and, and throws in. And, and they get two runs. And you made a great pitch. That's what drives you crazy about Coors Field. People never take that into consideration. The the ultimate, the ultimate defensive problem of covering that outfield. It's just too big. And secondly, I, secondly, I have to say, uh, altitude. 
altitude, altitude, altitude. It just beats these players up going from, and you got to do this. you got to live this life. Hey, as a broadcaster, I came back to Colorado. I'm a native. I was born and raised here in Denver. And I would come back from a road trip, and I'd feel a little weird. You know, in my neck, I, I, you know how you call it the crud? Sure. You just feel that way? Mm-hmm. That's how I felt when I came back to altitude. After coming back from, say, a, a trip that took us to San Diego, uh, Arizona, and L.A., or San Francisco, it just, uh, there's just something about it. And these guys have to deal with that. And, and nobody on the East Coast would even think about the altitude. They don't think about anything except they think Coors Field is exceptionally uh, one way, and that's an offensive way. Well, I'll tell you what, I we could talk for you for hours. It would be a dream sometime to have you in just studio. Just go watch a ball game with Wayne. Yeah, I, uh, we'd love to oh, just go and awesome. watch a ba- tree, baseball game. Yeah, I mean, it'd be just wonderful to, to get your yeah, perspective. Have a, just to, have a hot dog yeah. Well, we watch the game through Wayne's eyes. Man. Well, yeah, we'd also be expecting you to probably start calling the game for us, though, and I think that gets a little bit. I think you start charging for that, right? Joy, that's called the tout service. Yeah, is that uh, is that? No, no, no. I would. You know what? I would love to go to a game with you guys. Let's so, do if it. you ever want to do, you that, know what? We're actually going to get together. Bruner, Jew Bruner has a box. Yeah, we'd love to take you out to Bruner's some... box to Forbes go. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be great. Well, would you would you accept that? Welcome that with open arms. Let's okay. Do it. Well, Let's we'll do talk it. with Joey B, and uh, we'll get back to you this this coming next week here, man. It'd be great to to see you out in your element, man, because nobody holds a ballpark's attention like Wayne Hagen. You always held hey. my attention for. I I think it was just. It's not, they've never replaced you. I'll I'll just put it that way. Now you're very kind. Let me say this: the home run derby. You you specifically pointed that out, Joe. I think that's true. I, I think the home run derby is going to be so exceptional this year because they took all the balls out of the humidor. Yeah. Those are going to be dry, and they are going to fly. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I hope that someone hits one out. Jacob. Absolutely, man. Hey, Wayne, you can look for your segment all over Twitter today. One of the best ever, and, and you always will be. They're going to be Please dry, join and us. they're going to fly yeah. out of the stadium, well, well, Yeah, make sure and get that. They're going to be dry, and they're going to fly. Just another Wayne Hagen coining another one of his million phrases that you just you just have a gift for it, man. I don't know how you do it. Hey, listen, man, please, we'll get together soon, and please stay safe. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, guys. The man, that's all we can say about him, man. Oh, always no, just no. I always feel part of the game when I'm talking to every Wayne Hagan. Well, and he makes it makes me feel part of baseball and, and that's also missing, makes me know man. how much hello I, I Yeah, don't have I I, I think either. that's the other problem, man. He doesn't want to embarrass people, but he knows more about baseball than we know. Joe. Exactly. Hey, when we get back, a guy who knows hockey like the back of his hand, our man, the guy on the Zamponi, he's headed down I twenty five right now. Dr. Stano joins the program next when you return to the Final word with Joe Rico and Alex Mears on 98.1 FM, milehighsports.com. Get used to one style, yo, when 